0: Good morning, everyone. Sorry for the brief delay there, but we have our guest, Juno representative, Andy Storey. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Kevin and everyone.
0: Now, it's good to see you again. I saw you yesterday over at the Arts Campus opening.
1: Yeah, just an amazing, uh, you know, couple of hours just seeing all of our elders there, our leaders, the unveiling of the... Three hundred and sixty degree totem pole. Whoa!
0: And you were also at the uh, at the canoe landing as well. So, how are you feeling about celebration so far?
1: Well, we can feel the excitement in the air. Lots of people around town. Uh, just uh, today, you know, there's dancing all day. I think it starts um, about right now, um, and going till what is it almost 10 tonight and it's the next 3 days yeah. <laughs> yeah and then there's the Alaska Native Arts Market down at the new um arts campus uh just uh, so beautiful i just hope people can get down there and check out the campus and go to Centennial Hall its the next 3 days and my fav one of my favorite things is um the the big parade um i know it's saturday um from the Juneau Public Library to Centennial Hall and isn't it like 11 to twelve thirty? I believe mm-hmm. is the time and you know it'd be fun to see the streets line for that
0: and as a former board member at the district I'm sure you also notice uh, TCL as well
1: yes they are um, performing around 5 p.m. tonight so I'm going to be there and uh, hope people look for that mm.
0: so we wanted to know your reaction to Commissioner Johnson's announcement that he'll be stepping down.
1: Oh, um, I just uh, sent off an uh, email to him this morning, thanking him for how hard he's worked to make sure all the different level of education policymakers are working together. Uh, meaning. Uh, the state board, working with the university regents, working with school board um, associations, uh, the superintendent and school business associations and principals association, because we all have to be aligned, working with the legislature to um, be on the same page to help advance education issues. And he, being a former principal superintendent, you know, he did a lot to advance um, things and it was there a long time. Um, at our house education meeting with the Senate um, education. The state board presented with their vision and goals and actions this year, and everyone commented. I think of Senator Stevens, who's been serving um, in education roles for a long time. Is
0: that the education challenge you're talking about?
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, and that probably have happened right before you got on the board on the Alaska Education Challenge. He made that operational down to, you know, actions that we have been taking and advancing across the state and his longevity there and his experience has um, really put us in a really good place to be working together and making strong improvements so he definitely will be missed
0: what skills do you think are needed in a role like that
1: Oh, definitely. You have to know how the on-ground operations work, you know, the opportunities and challenges there, and just be working. Like I said, we, all the groups, in order to move education, need to be talking to one another. You can implement something at the you know, legislative level that is totally a disconnect for on-the-ground, and it's not going to work, and funds could be di- diverted that just uh, don't really help. And so that person has to be a good communicator, uh, really be willing to roll up their sleeves and be talking to educators, uh, people who are doing the work and yet working with policymakers who might never don't know um, how the foundation formula funding works.
0: And all in the meantime being apolitical. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, that's really important, um, is to be able to work together, and that's, you know, what I think many people are calling for us around the country, to, to work together and not worry so much about any particular party, but working about what issues are, are we facing in our time, and how can we uh, really be impactful and move um, in a positive direction. Um, and so that is a call challenge to everyone, every individual, um, besides if you're running the Department of Education for the state of Alaska.
0: So, and it looks like at the end of his career, we also got this Alaska Reads Act. We spoke about this for a moment on the last program, but now the news is, is that the governor intends to sign that bill into law what are you, what are your thoughts
1: uh my thoughts are you know there's many many good components in that program uh universal uh, we're starting universal uh preschool for four-year-olds that will it's a rollout this bill spans 10 years of time um it's got reading interventions uh uh help but
0: but on the pre-k so yeah. we're, we're we're closer now because i, I I remember one of the goals over at the board was a universal pre-K for Juno.
1: Yes, and um, so with this bill, um, it allows enough money uh, to for up to $3 million per year to expand pre-K across the state, uh, and then, um, you know, totaling up to $24 million uh, 10 years from now. But it also aligns that we could get there quicker, Um, the first year the bill isn't really into effect till next year there are some components that will start rolling out in this fiscal year 23 but a lot of them don't happen till fiscal year 24 and uh, this year is kind of a setup plan for the department because they in funding universal pre-k they want to make sure that the quality components of a pre-k program are embedded in the program. Certainly you're learning through play but also there's strategic ways to help that learning and so if you have a quality pre-k program um, the department with the state board will set up what a quality pre-k program looks like and I think they're close to knowing what they want. And then board mem- then districts such as the Juno School District. So how it's going to start out is this: the districts who are um, the ones who are struggling the most with achievement and the department knows who those school districts are because in our federal dollars we have to show um, our... The uh,
0: title, right? The, what title uh, is LA- there? Uh,
1: ESEA, Education uh, Secondary... Secondary Education Act, where for accountability purposes we have to say which groups of our students aren't performing well. Uh, uh, You talk about uh, certainly our kids who are in more high-poverty districts. There's not as many access to literacy. And so the schools that aren't, again, they use this one measure, how we're performing on a test. And there are other measures to show that our school districts are doing well, even though they're struggling in reading. And that's what the focus is. Mm -hmm. And so those districts first get to use that money. You know, f- to have preschool.
0: So the districts with the most need?
1: Most need. And when you say most need, it's the kids who aren't, their scores are lowest. Gotcha. Um, um, and so those districts will get the opportunity first. And so, Juno, you know, we would be farther down the line before we'd have the opportunity. But through this plan, is the department, you can apply to the department to. Uh, that, yes, we have this program in place and we're ready to go now. And then based upon uh, legislature funding more money um, earlier, but right now it's up to $3 million. And so, uh, so, and of course, um, you know, I think there's a lot of support for pre-K, but there will be more appropriations. But right now it's up to $3 million each year.
0: And there was another aspect of the bill that you had touched on for a moment was the testing, because I understand that the change would be that a student could be held back?
1: Uh, Yes, um, and there are a lot of provisions in the bill, and we really worked hard on the house education side of the bill to make sure that the parents have the final say on if the kids are held back, because research does show um, that I mean, some people would say it's inconclusive, but holding kids back is not the key to making them better readers. You know, it's extra interventions and things like that. And so that was one thing I disagreed with is um, holding kids back at third grade. Um, But how the bill reads um, right now is there's many provisions, um, but in sometimes if you couldn't get a hold of the parents, the district could make the decision. Right now the statutes are silent on uh, retention, at um, meaning it's up to the local districts, which I prefer it being up to local school districts to decide whether they would retain students or not.
0: I see. So it's the state applying rules to it.
1: Yes, the state. Okay. Um, and there's some more um, caveats. If districts aren't performing well, uh, the state, if they chose to, could use outside consultants to help uh, districts improve, uh, which is a uh, you know was something that. Uh, uh, many people disagreed with so there are components in there but always when there's legislation there's very good things in there and you know everyone who will be working up there will try and make you can always adjust things if things are identified that need to be changed that didn't um weren't as intended
0: and, and this bill was it was passed on the last day it was, uh, yeah. oh,
1: I probably worked harder on this bill than any other bill. Uh-oh. We spend hours thousands of hours on it uh in house education and senate education and uh anyway
0: well so, yeah anyway there's there's a lot of other bills, but there was something I'd wanted to ask because now that we're done with the thirty second session, it doesn't look like a special session is is uh is slated, so what matters? did you wish was take, were taken up or do you hope to take up next year?
1: Well, I think obviously our fiscal plan is something that, you know, we weren't able to come together and, and deliver to give stability uh, for Alaskans and whether that's people who have a business and want to invest here and know that we can afford our basic infrastructure and, you know, quality of life, is all involved in, you know, the state of Alaska, providing for health, safety, uh, infrastructure, education, those sorts of things. So the fiscal plan was probably the biggest thing that we weren't able to get across uh, the finish line. Um, certainly, we got, we were did increase in funding in education, but it was one-time funding. The $57 million actually came from my bill, House Bill 272, to increase the base Student Foundation. Oh, so your bill
0: was grouped up.
1: Well, my bill... The amount of money fifty seven million was um catching up um, with inflation actually mm-hmm. just uh it was half catching up with inflation because I left money that could be given out such as in the Reeds Act, which we did appropriate more money in there but so that number was used, but rather than it being there with certainty and the number increased the base student the base student per pupil funding increased that amount it only was increased thirty dollars versus two thirty two which was which was what 57 million is. Now we gave them that money in one-time funding plus the $30 million, $30 BSA increase. Um, But what happens is the school boards, as you know, are gonna start planning in the fall for their budget for next year, but they've got a plan not with knowing they have that 57 million, Mm -hmm. you know, they have it this year, but they're gonna have to start with a cut. And it was, that's about $2 million for the Juno School District is that 57 million. Um, So they'll have to start out knowing they'll have 2 million less next year, (laughs) even though I'm hoping, you know, that the legislature will make that permanent because schools, have been having so much downward pressure they hadn't had an increase in the bsa in six years and so who does that hurt you know services to the classroom because property insurance went up a half a million dollars (laughs) you Mm -hmm. just cannot not do that i should say liability and property insurance went up a half a million dollars uh fuel costs are up for districts they're not a part of the power cost equalization you know endowment so they're just the only way they can do is take it out of the classroom. They've already made significant cuts because of, we haven't increased it for so many years. Mm. So people following that, I was really disappointed that in the Reeds Act there was only a $30 increase in the BSA because that was incorporated into the Reeds Act, um, but I felt the number should have been much more based in reality of what school districts are facing.
0: Are you going to try to get that 200 next session?
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> I hope many people will be trying. Many people are aware of, of that need. Uh, and again, it's just a matter of, um, you know, looking at our revenues that are coming in and um, prioritizing.
0: Okay. We'll go ahead and take a quick break here or and at ease. So <laughs> stay tuned. That's right. You will hear it on Action Line. I, We're back. So... We're back with Juno Representative Andy's story. Andy, it appears the makeup of the legislature will be quite different. Even yesterday, we got word that Majority Leader Tuck has dropped out. What do you make of all these folks hanging up their hats?
1: Well, a lot of different issues, and I think people have been sharing them. As they have said, they're not going to run again. And You've heard it was very taxing, um, all the special sessions that the legislature had last year. And we're just in a time where there's a lot of key decisions to be made, and people are, are wanting to spend some, uh, you know, more time with their families. Their, um, anyway, that's the most of the reason. It's, it's a demanding job, and uh, I think you're, you're hearing that. Uh, Certainly, Rep Tuck will be missed. Everyone will be missed. I've noticed when I started in the role, 38% of the people in the House and Senate were women and we were down to 30 percent this year and we're losing some more um, women legislators who are not running again but there are many candidates who are running statewide and I just think uh, that uh, voice is needed up at the Capitol we certainly made a huge difference I believe in the bill uh, that changed the definition of uh, consent.
0: Oh 325.
1: Yes that was really critical this year. Um, As many people know, and maybe they don't know, our definition um, of consent was really outdated. It hadn't been changed in 40 years, and it was making difficult to prosecute people who had committed um, sexual abuse crimes. You had to show, prove that you used force. to get away um that the person used force and you didn't push back so to speak and many people it's common knowledge that they freeze uh, and that um, was not allowed to be in the definition of consent Mm -hmm. and so that was a big uh, factor that needed to be included and also that consent uh, also was a reversible agreement that say uh, you had given permission things were uh, heating up with sexual intimacy but then a person said no I don't wanna you know go any farther and that has to be respected and but a person could say well you you know said you wanted to and it was just really hard to get prosecution um, on many issues and this definition will make it better and then the that was actually house bill five that got put into 325 which was representative sarah rasmussen's bill about um uh, with social media, revenge porn is what people were calling it. Is when If you were in a, re- a relationship with a, a person and you had taken some explicit photos um, of yourself, people were showing them to others and damaging your reputation, and now that is a domestic Uh-oh. violence crime before that could not be.
0: Oh, that's in the bill.
1: That's in, that was the original bill that passed 325. That was Sarah Rasmussen's bill, which had broad support. For in this time of social media and then um, Reptar's bill on the consent had been working its way through the process but hadn't gotten hadn't passed the House side you know so uh, it wasn't but it could be what happens a lot of times at the end of the session it can happen and we saw it a lot this section that a, a bill that hadn't passed both bodies got put into a bill that made it to the floor and we could be voted on. And so her bill, and I had signed on to a co-sponsor the year before, and um, all the women had in the in the house, and we're talking individually um, to representatives to get it across the line. But I uh, hats off to Rep. Tar and Rep. Rasmussen for really uh, being pushing that forward. And that, as you know, we have a high rate, highest in the nation, of sexual assault, and this will um, really, I think, help um, stop that. And also, um, rape kits now have to be processed within six months. It used to be a year uh, that people would wait for the results of that. And lots of times, people who um, their DNA might have shown up in a rape swab might be free, but now, and and might reoffend. And so now people will know sooner and they can use that as evidence. And so some really good things happened.
0: And, th- and this bill's just waiting for the governor's signature. Yes, okay. and
1: I believe he will sign it. He's very much. Uh, you know public safety right and that's you know when I think about our main charges legislators main charges are protecting public health public safety public education uh, it's uh, in the Constitution yeah
0: I think it falled under his people's first initiative I think that's what it was called
1: yeah I believe you're correct
0: so A- Andy back on the election you chose to continue and along with Senator Keel do not have opponents save a ride in. What campaigning do you plan to do, if any?
1: Well, first of all, I wanted to say I was really surprised that I didn't get an opponent. I mean, with redistricting, uh, with ranked choice voting, I thought I would have an opponent. And I think I said that to you the last time we met. So I was really surprised. And again, we talked about how people have been speaking about the demands of running for public office. Um, And so, you know, that probably was a factor for some people. Uh, But Certainly, I, my district's changed. Um, I have new people I will need to uh, get to know, hear their concerns, uh, you know. And then, of course, um, you know, one thing we know about life is it changes. And so, uh, constantly, I'll, I need to, you know, get out and hear what people want to have happen up at the... Um, you know, with legislation on the state level. And I've always tried to pride myself on, you know, working moderate voice, trying to represent all Alaskans and, you know, a person who will work hard. And so I need to uh, be a valuable and really listen and talk with people.
0: And, And so just to get folks caught up here, the redistricting process now has you representing Northern Lynn Canal. So it sounds like you're already in the process of figuring out how to acclimate now.
1: Well, I think what's important to know is, you know, district boundaries are the same until the next session in January. And so, you know, so everything is the same until until January. Uh, but there will be an election, obviously, as we know in November, and the district boundaries change for the Mendenhall Valley. Uh, we were District 34, which was, of course, Sunny Point, uh, airport area, You know, all the Mendenhall Valley to the end of the road. Well, with the redistricting, the board decided that downtown Juneau, since our population um, did grow a little bit, but how they wanted to restructure the boundaries was they pushed up. The boundary from just downtown to kind of like uh, the boundary of Stephen Richards Drive in the valley. Yeah, scooping I, I... out from Stephen Richards Drive up Riverside Drive, and so that half is kind of will be re- represented by the person who wins the new district four.
0: Yeah, and it comes down to I think about the road right in front of Riverbend Elementary. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, a little bit farther scoops around um, Clinton Drive, I think. Uh, kind of following the Mendenhall River mm-hmm. and so um, so that part will be represented by a uh, new district 4 and then sort of north of the Mendenhall River um, will be the new district um, which I have you know put my name in to do <laughs> and um, and hope had the honor privilege of serving again and then it will continue up to Haynes, Cluckwan, Skagway and Gus Davis
0: Well, Andy, we're out of time now, but is there anything you'd like to add?
1: Um, um, Just uh, I hope everyone gets out to celebration. Uh, It's really a great event, and I'm so proud that our communities, I mean, the hotels are filled, can't rent a car. It's really a great economic boost, but also just such a cultural boost um, and just so beautiful, and I hope everyone can get to at least the parade uh, it would be really fun to have those streets lined from, again, it's from the Juneau Public Library to Centennial Hall, 11 to 1230 on Saturday.
0: We're making it there to the Northwest Arts Capitol, aren't
1: yes, we? Yes, we are. Thank you, Andy. Thank you.
0: And that's the program. We'll be speaking with candidate for Lieutenant Governor Jessica Cook. She's on the Cook-Gara ticket, so be sure to tune in. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in this June 9th. Have a wonderful time over at Celebration and an excellent time outdoors. Great weather. See you around.